everybody. This is Girls on Film, and you've got Teresa Roth and Sarah Smith. Hello. And we're here today at the TAG event. And what does TAG stand for, actually? Technology Association of Georgia, my fantastic. dear. Fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. And we've got a special guest today. Yep, we do. We do. Her name is Aisha Lilly. Aisha is from Turner Broadcasting. And I Aisha was the first person I met when I... Um, when I landed here here this morning at the digital media and entertainment event that is being hosted by both TAG and QTS, which is a great tech company in Atlanta. And I asked Aisha what she did, and she said, I'm a traffic log planning editor. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> Aisha, <laughs> what is that? Right? Yes. yes. So if, can you... One of the things that we, we've talked about um, uh, with the podcast is we want to know what different kinds of jobs there are. And that's why I asked you to come in and do this, um, this quick interview with us because we wanted to know, you know, what does a traffic log planning editor do and how do you become one? Okay, well, a traffic log planning editor for that, I work on Turner, of course. I work on TBS, TNT, and NBA TV. Um, we're scheduling promos and graphics for the network according to a graphic strategy. Now, that graphic strategy could be depending on trans different transitional elements that are produced from BOC, which is the broadcast operating center downstairs and uh, at the Techwood location. Um, we're scheduling those according to transitional elements, which could be a hot start, begin, hot start, end a hot open um, if you've ever seen friends before you could see like at the top of the screen there's like the ending credits of friends and then there's a, the beginning of a um, new episode of friends so right. that's called a hot open in our world oh good yeah cool. mm -hmm. I wondered what that was yep and then like if you ever see like squeeze credits for a movie like you know how the credits are like going super fast right we schedule those as well <laughs> oh, cool. yeah so I never really even thought about that aspect until I started working and I'm like oh I'm scheduling this like it's so cool but um what about what about when you're watching a show and there's like a little animated ad for another show? Do you do those? I think it those it's kind of those are kind of iffy. Sometimes I know we've had like sponsored graphics that are like on the sales end. That's like a sales thing. We're scheduling like the actually the actual event copy, but sales would be scheduling the actual like CID. So the specific uh, maybe the specific specific like Mountain Dew ad that they want that they want to air in that program or whatever. But we schedule the copy. Sales would go ahead and put that sit on for that specific like Mountain Dew ad or whatever they want to air in that program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who do you who do you interface with as a traffic log planning editor like with graphic design or oh we work who? with marketing and well marketing and programming that's who that's who we're working with so of course okay. programming you know it changes so much and with the holidays coming up they're going to be changing it so much oh my god so we work ahead um two weeks at a time we call it like pre-timing or whatever we work ahead two weeks out according to uh programming gotcha um scheduling based on our transitional elements grids which um have like squeezes hot start all of that and we also have like a, a interface where it's toolkit that tells us how much uh well how long a show is total running time all the breaks um, if a show has content over credits, so we'll have to pull the ID out uh, of the show like two seconds early, which is called an out point. In points and out points is like TV terminology. <laughs> um, um, the formats people on our team, they 
um, collaborate with in New York salespeople to schedule formats and sales spots. It's it's a lot of So pieces. you're doing multiple logs over multiple networks. Yes, I work on TBS Tuesday, um, TNT Friday, NBA Sunday, and TBS Saturday. Yep. You must be wicked organized. Yes, I have to be. Like, I have tons of highlighters at my desk. I have tons of different color paper clips and stuff. I have to keep it together because I'm messy at home, but at work, I have to keep that it together. That is amazing. That's, great. Uh, That's such a good question, Cherise. Well, if, if somebody out there wanted to get into this, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. they were like a hyper-organized person, mm-hmm. what, what do they need to have in their toolkit? I honestly feel like you really need to be very detailed. That is the most important thing you need to be highly detailed I feel like you kind of need to you need to process improvement I feel like is very important in the business that we work in always trying to figure out an easier way to do stuff because one person may do it this way and one person may do it another way but because we schedule hundreds of elements sometimes it's easier to show somebody else how to do something easier way that way they can go about getting on working on another log but honestly i feel like being detailed is the most important thing because if you mess up a a sid or a sid is a content identification like we put those in with our ratings and ids literally something can air wrong i remember back in what was it uh may had nba i worked reworked the nba log because of playoffs um and nba was on tnt reworked the whole log day I put the wrong SID in there so a TBS SID aired on TNT and it caused an on-air discrepancy Mm. yeah so my at that point my management they weren't upset because I worked it I reworked that log on a Saturday morning but you know with all the chaos and stuff like that going on one little thing that you screw up can like it, people pay attention like oh so you were the person that aired that wrong right. or mm, put it right. wrong like you literally take the blame for it that's why I'm like super hard on myself like and I think think about you have to be diligent you have to be able to work amongst the team because we have how many log editors on our team maybe like seven or eight they all work on different networks and stuff like that I have four logs a week but with the holidays coming up and people being out we're covering other people so right. like I said attention to detail and being able to work with other people and collaborate with them is very important like you know, you always got to be able to be able to or be willing to help the next person out because somebody may see something that you don't. So, mm-hmm. you know, all eyes, the most as many eyes as can look at it is the best thing. Right. Yes. Right. That's very cool. Well, I admire you. Yeah, Thank me, you. Too. me too. Me too. Me <laughs> too. Well, I'd love to wrap this up because um, we are here at the uh, Digital Media and Entertainment uh, Conference that is hosted by the Technology Association of Georgia. And we want to get Aisha back into the room and talking and listening to that great panel. So, Aisha, thank you so much for for sharing that with us. It was really, really interesting and um, very educational. Thank you guys so much. This is a great experience, and I love what you guys are doing. I think podcasts are so great. We love them. We love doing it. Hey everybody, this is Sarah Smith and Teresa Roth. We are Girls on Film. And we are here today at QTS headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia, for the Technology Association of Georgia's media, Digital Media and Entertainment Summit. Um, and 
you know, I cornered this lovely, lovely lady a little while ago um, in the in the pre-event lunch. <laughs> Her name is Caitlin Shaberg, and Caitlin works here at QTS. And um, I was really curious to uh, talk to Caitlin a little bit about what QTS does and why they're partnering with TAG. Technology Association of Georgia. So, Caitlin, if you could just tell us what you do here at um, QTS, I would be very grateful. As would I. Yes, yes. (laughs) We would be very grateful. Thank you, first of all, for having me on. Uh, We're super excited to to host this event. This is one of the first ones that we've done with TAG here in this location. Very cool. Very excited about that. But QTS, um, maybe I should break that down for everybody. We are a data center provider, and uh, a lot of people don't even know what that means. I don't really know what that means. What does QTS stand for? Quality Technology Services. Um, QTS rolls off the tongue a little bit better. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Um, But we kind of provide the technology infrastructure behind the scenes for, I mean, anything technology data related. Right. right? So everything that kind of goes through your mobile phone, every time you make a a transaction with a visa, you know, anything that data touches, which is a lot nowadays. Or download Um, something. We support. Got it. Uh, so that's QTS kind of in a nutshell. Very good. And I personally work in our finance department. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm behind the scenes kind of making sure things make sense for us financially as a company. We're a publicly traded company. So gotcha. there's a few more things we have to watch out for being a public company. Right. Um, so I, I help with all of that department and, and try to buy us some data centers so we can keep supporting all of the data that needs to be supported out there. So that's what strategic planning analyst means. You look for other uh, places to expand Absolutely. your business. Yes, yes. Do you guys do mergers and acquisitions? Yes. Okay. We okay. do a little bit. We actually uh, uh, just had one recently um, a couple years ago that was a big um, we acquired Carpathia. Carpathia. And okay. um, that's another one of those behind the scenes names that Absolutely. Not, not too many people know. But, mm-hmm. um, but cr- critically important to growing an economy in a city or a state. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> critically important to growing um, uh, an entertainment community and business. Mm-hmm. Data in, is everything. It is in, yes. in the state of Georgia. Yes. Um, really important to um, the tech community here and important to companies that are considering coming into Georgia as absolutely, well. Absolutely. Some yeah. of that stuff that goes on behind the scenes, there's several kind of data center initiatives and tax incentives and things like that that you don't hear about a lot because it's not, you know, the sexy film industry right, or, right. or, you know, some of those more uh, spicier things that get in the news. Uh, but you have to support all of that business. You have to support all of that technology. And, and so cities are, are um, really big fans of bringing in data center business Absolutely. to support all of that. And mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. And I think it's really exciting. I think it's, I think it is the sexy stuff actually. Because <laughs> well, me too. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Well, it's a I pillar. Do. It's a pillar to business. Perfect Absolutely. word. Perfect Absolutely. word. Absolutely. Perfect word. Yep. And when I was talking to Kaylin earlier, I said, you're in finance. She was like, yes. I said, male dominated uh, arena. Yes. And then I said, and you're in tech. Yes, male dominated. And and, yep. and Caitlin is um, beautiful and young and just moved here from 
Where'd you move from? I moved from Kansas City. Kansas City. Yes, yeah, a little bit smaller than Atlanta. <laughs> gotcha. Shout out to all my Kansas Cityans out there. We love your football team, though. <laughs> we do. Me too. We do. We do. Are, are you missing your team? A little bit. And we just got a new quarterback, Mahomes. Who right. Everybody's pretty pumped up about it. Very and I, cool. now I'm gone in the midst oh. of all of that. So, yeah. It's so okay. You can go back. A little bit of missing out there, but you yes. You can go back and yes. visit. Um, Caitlin, tell us how your company is associated with TAG. Yeah, so we're actually a partner with them and hosting this event is one of the great ways that we actually get to uh, embrace that partnership and, mm-hmm. and hopefully expand it a little bit. But um, in, with how much we support technology, that partnership makes a lot of sense for us. Yeah. And, and these events and, and working with TAG gives us the opportunity to actually make more connections in the technology space here. So smart. We, you know, we want to support all of that and we want to develop partnerships um, across the city, across the southeast. Mm-hmm. And, and TAG has such a presence here that it, you know, it, it kind of makes perfect sense. Um, so, you know, we've had a partnership with them for, for several years now and, and me being new to QTS, I'm, I'm new to this tag partnership as well. Um, but even from just this event today, there's so many connections that can be made and right. so many interesting people that can start collaborating and, and building up the technology space in, in Atlanta. It sounds uh, like very you're, exciting. The, you're the perfect person to be in strategic planning. It, it, it it's just ex- exciting stuff, you know, like you yeah. said, to me, it's the sexy stuff. I like it all the yeah. stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. It's, it's right up my alley. Absolutely. So I understand. I, I don't know if this is right, but is is QTS working with any entertainment companies in the state right now? Absolutely. Um, you know, some of that we've got to kind of keep under wraps. Understood. Um, there's definitely a few names that, that people would notice out okay. there. And and, you know, this event today gives us a great uh, space to even make more connections. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. I mean, just editing alone requires so much data. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the music scene, I think, is trying really hard, yeah. you know, to be embraced here. Yeah. And and that's part of the conversation today is, is how do we, you know, continue to invest and develop Atlanta as a music scene? Yeah. Not, you know, we yeah. have we have film and we've kind of been known now. Uh, for the past couple of years as, as being a place where the film industry is coming and booming and right. how do we get music on that on that same page and you know yeah yeah there are um, there's some great tax ex- tax incentives for um, for the film and for that enter- that piece of the entertainment business but right now I don't believe we have the same in tax incentives for people producing music here. yes um, and I know they've tried but um, I guess we'll have to watch that and see where, see where it goes. Maybe QTS can help them get their tax incentives. You know, if we can continue to support them and continue to build that yeah. base and that business here, yeah. um, there's really no reason not to, right? And yep. so that's, that's kind of our part in helping fostering that culture here. Very good, very good. Mm-hmm. Got any more questions for Caitlin? No, but Caitlin, it was great to meet you and thank you yep. so much for sponsoring today. Thank you, thank you. Yes, please come back anytime. We, we, we love will. engaging we, with everybody here. That's so. great, that's great. And and thank you for being um, a woman in, in finance and in tech. We need more women in finance and And thanks and for being strategic. Yes. Thank you guys very much. All right, my dear. We're out.
everybody. This is Sarah Smith. And Teresa Roth. We are Girls on Film, and we are talking about the entertainment business in Georgia. Today we, were at, we are at um, QTS headquarters in Atlanta, and we are uh, at a Technology Association of Georgia event, the uh, Digital Media and Entertainment Summit. And when I was walking around today, I saw one of the, um, one of the sponsors of the event, a lovely, lovely woman named Lorraine Funderburg. And Lorraine is uh, an entertainment attorney. Right? Is that right? That is correct. Okay. And we were having a conversation. We started talking about, um, you know, the arena, the areas that she works in. And I thought it was really, really fascinating that Lorraine focuses on indie and ind- independent uh, artists. And would that include musicians, filmmakers? Yes, actually both. So I started my legal career in California. Okay. Um, so I helped a lot of independent film producers. And gotcha. I did legal production for their films. Got some IMDb credits for it as Very well. Good. Good. But um, music was ultimately where I wanted to be. So when I made the, a relocation back to Atlanta, I got into the music industry. And that's pretty much where most of my clients are. Artists how how is produ- the music business in Atlanta now? Oh, busy, I would say. Um, Definitely busy, and there's a lot of talent here coming out of Atlanta. So I would say the creative part of the music industry is really here in Atlanta. The business, not so much. You know, they still go to, you know, your New York and L.A. to really handle the business, but we do produce a lot of talent here in Atlanta. I know Atlanta has a rich history in the music world. Yes. Definitely. Yes, for sure. So tell us about the future. What's going to happen in the future? Oh, well, I would say time would tell as far as that's concerned. (laughs) But um, with digital technology, it's definitely changed the landscape of, you know, how musicians are paid, how their music is exploited, and, um, you know, how the consumers definitely hear the music and are... um, receive it so gotcha um i think you guys are probably familiar with the music modernization act that was just passed um that was an attempt at uh congress and right uh, right bridging the gap between law and technology as far as it came with you know what's your opinion on that i think it was a good try uh, i think okay. it's going to take some time before it gets to exactly where it needs to be as far as the creatives and stuff are concerned um since the, i work with the indie yeah. population i worry a lot about them maintaining their rights and them ultimately getting paid off of their creations because a lot of times they end up with you know the publishers are getting all the money the record labels are getting all of the money right so that law doesn't necessarily um fix that problem okay. um, but it, it does do more as far as at least the songwriters and stuff are concerned as far as getting them the proper royalties that they deserve that they deserve um, so it seems to me and I don't know what you think about this but it just seems to me with the technology and the, the continual development and everything changing all the time that um, uh, independent music production is like the wild west it just seems you know, I don't know what the rules are. Yeah, and a lot of times, none of the clients I deal with most of the time, they don't know what the rules are, especially because music is at your fingertips. You have easy right. access to it. People think that mm-hmm. it's free to borrow. And, right. you know, so that's an issue that people run into all the time. When I come to 
my clients come to see me and they're like, oh, I've got this album, I'm about to produce it, I'm going to put it out. And I'm like, well, where'd you get this beat from? And they're like, oh, somewhere online. And I'm right. like, okay. <laughs> that just opens, you know, a can of just disaster because I'm like, well, we don't know where he got it from, if he borrowed samples, if, gotcha. you know, you have the proper clearance to right. even take this and exploit it. So people aren't very aware of all the legal ramifications I of their actions. I would agree with you. you know, How do you go well. about getting those clearances? Oh, it's a hassle. So um, really, um, first, locating all of the people who own the rights. Because, you know, when you're dealing with music, you're dealing with two different copyrights. The copyright and the actual sound recording and the so copyright and the underlying musical composition. So we're talking about, you know, the lyrics, the arrangement, melody, that type of thing. And between those two copyrights, you could have multiple owners, especially on the publishing side, on the songwriting end, because somebody different writes the lyrics. Maybe you have two producers who, you know, contributed to the beat. Maybe you have somebody else who was just ad-libbing in the studio that ultimately became part of the, um, you know, the end product or result. And all of those people have a piece of the pie. And well, you have to locate them all and get permission from them all in order to be able to use their music and your song. So, so you're like a, a private detective okay. <laughs> who <laughs> has to have unbelievable interpersonal skills and be able to negotiate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And because okay. um, a lot of times Amazing. one would think that it came to the money, but a lot of these artists, uh, you know, their music, their creative, they're very passionate about their creation. Of course. So it's yeah. like, hey, there's no amount of money that you can give me to allow me to let you use my music on, you know, what you're trying right, to put out. Right, right. And so it does become a struggle there. And the other problem is when you're dealing with the songwriter and then the publisher you know you may have an artist who's like yeah i would love for you to use it i love your creation i love what you've done with my song but they don't own the rights to their own music so they're wow. like they can't okay. give you the permission so you're you're getting it from the artist they're like yeah go for it and then now we have to deal with their label or their publisher who's like no absolutely not gotcha gotcha mm. let me ask Sounds you um complicated. yeah it it, it, absolutely <laughs> and she's got to keep track of all this stuff <laughs> yeah. as she goes along um what is your sort of typical client? Because you know, you, we were talking about you being an indie, um, an indie lawyer. Mm -hmm. um, what does your typical client come in and say to you? Um, what do they come? Well, primarily, I work with a lot of producers, um, okay. the ones who are they're songwriters. They don't like to be called songwriters, but technically, they are songwriters. They write the track, you know, yep. for the music. Um, and I like to work with producers because in my experience, they are a little bit more sophisticated about the business. They have a little bit more realistic expectations okay. when it comes to you know, their work and what it is that they can do with it. Okay. Um, artists involve a little bit more babysitting, so I tend to shy <laughs> away from those. Um, but a lot of times they just want to know how to monetize their music, gotcha. really, especially mm -hmm. as indies. They're like, how do I get paid? Where do I need to put it? What do I need to do to protect it? Who do, what organizations do I need to sign up with? And I'm always like, sign up with all the organizations that are paying royalties. That's where you start for certain. Got it. Well, I'd like to, um, we're going to wrap, wrap up, but I would love to ask you to tell people, um, you know, artists that are listening, how they can find you. Oh, yes. You can find me on my website, www.funderberglaw.com. I am also social on social media, at Funderberg Law, at Twitter, and on Instagram. 
there you go, people. If you're interested in um, a great indie lawyer, talk to talk to Larray and and check her out. Larray, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Thank this you. was great. Thank and you everybody, guys. give her a call. Yep, <laughs> really appreciate it. And we're out. Thanks, people. This is Teresa Roth, and it's Girls on Film. We are Girls on Film. And I'm here with... Sarah Smith. (laughs) My my partner. Um, Anyway, uh, today we are at Technology Association of Georgia. And they're having a... Sarah, what is it? What kind of summit? It, It is the Digital Media and Entertainment Summit being hosted by QTS, which is a fantastic... Uh, national company and they uh, create you know data centers and um, without them there is no digital anything so QTS is a great company for Atlanta to have well today we are here with Andrew Greenberg who is the executive director of the Georgia Game Developers Association, among other things. So welcome, Andrew. Thank you for having me. And I'm definitely probably the worst girl on film you've had on this show. uh, (laughs) Glad to be here anyway. Thank you. You're sandwiched between two girls on film. Uh, Absolutely. He's a girls on film cookie. There we go. (laughs) So, Andrew, tell us a little bit more about all these other um, things you do in reference to movies, television, gaming, everything. Oh, absolutely. So I do uh, run the executive director of the Georgia Game Developers Association. Uh, The game industry in Georgia is the seventh largest in the country. We do have an over $700 million economic impact on the state. Hundreds, well, actually about 4,000 people work in the industry now. And uh, some of these studios are huge. uh, High-res studios has well over 500 people. Tripwire Interactive does these amazing games. We have uh, VR groups like Pulseworks Virtual Reality groups like Pulseworks that do uh, giant virtual reality installations for the Air and Space Museum and the aquarium and things like that. Just a very diverse, very diverse group. I also uh, serve on the State Film, Music, and Digital Entertainment Commission, and I chair the DeKalb County uh, Entertainment Commission. So, yeah, it's amazing how many. (laughs) I I sleep once in a while. I sleep once in a while. So how has your life changed the past 10 years? Oh, I had a daughter three years ago. (laughs) Oh, my God. And she refuses to get in film. (laughs) No. I don't even do films. I've already done more films than she does. Oh, my my gosh. She's uh, far, far more attractive and far more talented than I am. But, uh, yeah, so the, it's been very interesting seeing these industries really finally starting to come together. Back in the 90s, there was this uh, discussion of convergence in film and uh, gaming and music where they'd all finally come together, and they didn't, and they still stayed in their silos. But now right. it really is getting to the point where it's not that we're coming together, it's that uh, the technology is pushing us to the point that we can't be anything but together. Wow. Not doing it on our own, but uh, the streaming technology, the way that uh, people 
watch video games now like they watch TV. Now we right. have these whole production studios that look like film studios to show video games. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So in Amazing. Georgia, we've got this great tax credit for the film and TV industry. We also have a, under the same statute, a tax credit for the games industry. But now esports broadcasting, watching, showing people playing video games is covered by that same right. film tax credit, running these great yep. esports events. And the music uh, that for the games and for TV can be covered under the tax credits. They're all really finally coming together in an intelligent and I hope sustainable way. It's so interesting. I want to ask you, when when is Atlanta going to host like a huge tech or gaming conference? When are we going to see that? So we had Siege uh, at the beginning of October. That was uh, 1,700 people. Okay. That was an industry conference. That wasn't a uh, we public missed, We missed it. Conference. We got to go next time. <laughs> There's an event called DreamHack, which focuses on esports. That's about 20,000 people that will be at the World Congress Center this weekend. But in spring, we have MomoCon which while it comes out of animation also for oh my God. anime, also has gaming, also has a lot of music. So we Very are cool. seeing these events that now bring them all together because the same person, while they're playing a video game, they're live streaming somebody else playing it. They might even be live streaming themselves playing it at the same moment. They have a, they're binge watching something on Netflix for slow points during the game. And they're playing their own music in addition to, uh, they've replaced the soundtrack of the games with their own music. Amazing. And they've got their phone handy at the same time for everything that needs to go on there. It's not that we. I didn't even think about all the things at the same time. (laughs) But that's exactly how folks consume uh, media now. That's why Netflix wants to make what eighty new productions a year, and Amazon like a hundred or something a year. Because not only do we have some disposable time, but during that disposable time, we're we're taking in multiple uh, streams of data. Yep. And yep. it is just a fantastic opportunity for everybody. And they, the consumer uses them together. Why should the producers be off in their own separate silos? Mm-hmm. You know, my son, is a, he's a chemistry major at Georgia State. Excellent. And the other day he was like, oh, I got a, I got a job tonight. And I'm like, what? What job do you have? And he said, I, I'm going to go play some video games for a company. Excellent. They're going to give me 150 bucks. I'm going to go over there for three hours. What an awful job. $50 right. an hour to I'm play like, video games. I'm like, how did they find mm-hmm. you? And he said, oh, one of my friends told me about it. So, you know, I have two boys, 20 and 23. And they're heavy, heavy, heavy into gaming. Excellent. And um, I like them already. I do, too. You know, they're good guys. Um, but And that's why I know what I know about it. Um, Sam is World of Warcraft. All right, there's out, a classic. Out of his mind, World of Warcraft. Um, and the only thing I know to get him for Christmas is, you know, computer parts. There you <laughs> go. I like that. I'll take those for any Christmas present. Exactly. A new motherboard, a new uh, right, right. graphics He's, card. That's, right, that's what he wants. A get him streaming. Card. Get him a new webcam. Get him, okay. get him your side. Get him broadcasting. Get him creating content as well as consuming it. I will, I will, um, I'm going to call you after this. <laughs> you can help me with my Christmas list. There are list. still popular World of Warcraft live streams in the World of Warcraft is so old now. He loves it. Excellent. So Excellent. no World of Warcraft calendar for you, Sam, this year. <laughs> we're going. You're getting we're a new gonna, camera. She's going to get you a paid version of yep. OBS. You're going to live stream. Exactly. We're well, going to up you it. You can help me with my niece who's 16 who doesn't even ever watch TV oh, at all. Of course. She only games or watches YouTube. Perfect, perfect, That's perfect. It. Amazing. Yeah. Well, she should definitely be being a content creator, too. Just when they're under 18, moderate it. But, right, uh, right. Let me ask you a question um, about the uh, Georgia Game Developers Association. 
What does the association do for developers in the state? We have a number of different roles that we fulfill. The primary, one of the primary ones is we are the public face of the industry. So we are the ones who deal with legislators regarding the tax credit as it impacts the game industry. We deal with them on workforce development, K through 12 education. We work very closely with uh, the state government to actually get programming education expanded significantly in Georgia schools. Had a lot of impediments to students actually taking any sort of computer science classes. Right. We finally got What's them. What's that overcome. about? They, uh, students only have a certain number of electives, very few they can take. And if for a while in many schools, computer science was only counting as a business elective that very few students needed. Right. And if they're doing that, they had other issues. So they just had nowhere in their uh, in their schedule where they could put a CS class. Gotcha. And you had to be really dedicated to do it. So we've had it count as, as an elective in a number of different areas. Okay. So you've got certain types of electives you have to take. So now we're getting it treated as a math elective or should have been all along as a, as a science elective or right. should have been all along. So right. in other areas. So students can now fit it into their schedule. They want to take it. They just couldn't slot it in. Yeah. In the Jenga that is education. I want to ask you another question. Um, I had to do some traveling over the weekend and there was a couple in the airport and you know I was eavesdropping with this couple and they were talking about their kid who you know plays is always gaming gaming, always gonna, gaming. she's gonna be a millionaire she's gonna make millions that way always gaming and how there's no future <laughs> and I'm like okay you guys are over 50 60 you know you, maybe you don't know anything about the gaming um, the gaming industry um, and I don't know very much about it either, a little bit, and, and I'm definitely going to um, take your cues, Andrew, and, and learn more. But um, what are the paths for young people? Well, the most visible ones right now are the people who are willing, winning millions of dollars just playing video games, the eSports competitors at uh, okay. the Hi-Rez Expo this weekend. I know they're giving away more than a million dollars. It's the, these the Brawlhalla uh, championships are going to give away a huge amount of money as well. But what we're seeing within the esports community is that colleges really want these students. We also run the Georgia Esports League. We have about 18 colleges in, around the state that make it up. And it started with the, the schools with a strong technical program. But it's moved on to a lot of the liberal arts schools. UGA is now one of our biggest uh, participants in the program. Oglethorpe joined it for the first time. Cool. Great liberal arts school right, uh, right. out there. And what the schools are seeing is the esports competitors are the students they want. They're already driven, they're usually technically efficient already, they're uh -huh. knowledgeable, and they know how to work in teams, which is becoming a major role for colleges That's right fantastic. now. So these are the students they want. And for employers, these are the same employees they want when they come out of college. Mm -hmm. So what we've started doing with our esports event is we pair them with a college fair, we pair them with a career fair, and it uh, really benefits everybody. So for anybody going into gaming, it teaches a lot of valuable skills. It'll get you used to the technology, comfortable with the technology, and if you're smart, you'll go ahead and build your own computer anyway. There you go. Um, uh, and then you are learning to work with other people in teams and with live streaming. We've got folks who are on new jobs that nobody ever heard of even five years ago, like paid shoutcasters and uh, the team managers for these sorts of things, the folks who set up the live streams, the live stream channel managers right. and things like that, which right. are now now regular companies need live streaming within their then I'm the Fortune 400 companies right. are needing folks to help set up their live streaming and run that. And that's what uh, even current gaming is teaching and so folks cool. who study any of these areas have jobs that are very transferable game development engines i've been sitting down just yesterday with construction and architecture firms who need folks to do visualization where they use the game engines to build 3d representations right. of whatever they're building right and uh the, the their clients don't want the the drawings anymore they don't want that draftsmanship they want that visualization yep mm -hmm. yep 
So yeah. we're seeing all of these skills being very transferable and very in a lot of other ways. But really, I want people making more games for me to play. There you it's, go. It's there a brand go. new, exciting world. It is amazing. And it changes um, so quickly. It does. Oh, absolutely. So mm -hmm. uh, I was amazed when eSports, I mean, I'd always liked watching people play video games. Maybe that was my own oddity, but now everybody realizes that that's fun. Exciting. So we've gotten this whole new area uh, up here, this whole, not only the competitive gaming part, but the massive crowds that watch it. Turner, one of the sponsors of today's uh, tag event, puts on their e-league events and they had uh, the most uh, simultaneous viewers of a live streamed event watching one of their tournaments from the Fox Theater. Cool. So they had, had hundreds of thousands of people watching on TV from the Fox and a right. million more watching it online. Amazing, awesome. amazing. So if I'm, um, um, if, if I'm a game developer and I want to... Uh, what, you aren't? No. Come on. I'm not, I'm not, uh. I'm not, not yet. Um, how do I get in touch with the um, Georgia Game Developers Association? We're on a number of social media platforms. Obviously, our website, ggda.org. We try and keep it easy, but we also have georgiaesports.org. And, of course, on uh, Facebook, we have the GGDA group. On Twitter, we are GGDA underscore org. And probably one of the best places to find us is actually our YouTube channel because we have over 300 videos on all aspects of game development, from oh, game wow. audio, wow. game okay. design, programming, using the tools. And that is youtube.com slash Georgia Game Devs. Got it. And you can also see our live streams there. Got it. Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you for having probably the worst girl on film on your <laughs> Never, never, <laughs> never, thank never, you, Andrew. never. And so grateful that you gave us that overview for the state in you know 12 minutes that was amazing and i'd love to um invite you to come back absolutely thank you for having me pleasure This is Sarah Smith and Teresa Roth. And we are Girls on Film. We talk about the entertainment business in Georgia. And today we are at uh, QTS headquarters with the Technology Association of Georgia at their Digital Media and Entertainment Summit. And I have to tell you, I'm very, 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 very excited because I was introduced to um, an unbelievable lady and... Um, I'm having a hard time getting my brain to work right because she's sitting next to me. Her name is uh, Miss Louvain Demps. She is, and this is how she was introduced to me. She is a Motown diva. And I immediately jumped, you know, online and I am looking and she is on iTunes and she is listed with Barry Gordy and she has the famous song, Love Child. And oh my God, I'm, I'm cold. I have goosebumps. Louvain, I am so happy that you're here. And um, thank you for gracing our little podcast <laughs> with your unbelievable We're so glad to talk <laughs> presence. To you. I am really pleased to be here. Thank Diva. you. Diva. <laughs> Darn tootin'. And you have to see this woman. She's beautiful. I'm going to post some pictures on social media afterwards, and she is gorgeous. So. Oh, I'm going to pay her real good. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm you don't gonna, have I'm to go pay out me. and get another job so I can really take care of things. You, well, you've you already taken care of things. <laughs> because Motown, oh my gosh, my wow. most favorite music. I know. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Absolutely. Yep. 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 We're just dying to hear your stories. Oh. Which one do you want? Give us give us your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um and we'll, we'll have you back on. 
Oh, I, I'll tell for you. For a longer interview. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a little uh, something funny. Um, we are the Andantes, and the Andantes consisted of Jackie Hicks, Marlene Barrow, who recently passed away, okay. and myself. Right. The Andantes. The Andantes. Uh, yes. And cool um, name. Such a one cool of the name. funny story. Thank you. One of the funny stories that comes to my mind is about uh, the Funk Brothers. If you've ever heard, of yes, you okay, yes. Well, in the early days, uh, there was a a fine bass player, one of the greatest, I think. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about two people at one time. That's okay. Okay, the bass player was James Jameson. Okay. And Jameson, uh, sometime we had a little bit of a drinking problem. <laughs> but he was so good that if he overdrank, yeah. he could lay on the floor, Whoa. play that bass, never miss a lick. Oh, Unbelievable. Amazing. He was great. I'm, I, miss, I miss him dearly. Crazy talent. Mm. And then there was another one, early days now, uh, Benny Benjamin. Benny the Benjamin. The greatest drummer you've ever heard. Cool. Mm. I mean, this guy was so great. But he also had a little problem. And, and uh, he, <laughs> you know, like everybody would be set up in the studio, uh, we would be, you know, one part. And um, for if you'd ever gone to Hitsville, which is in Detroit, yeah, it's a tiny studio, right, right. And you, it's 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 just something that all of us could fit in there at one time. Um, Amazing. But getting back. To this problem. Well, you know we had to be there at a certain time. Yeah. You know, right. Or else you'd be fined. Mm. I never got fined. Never, never, never. Good for you. But um, Benny Benjamin, he, he. I mean, everybody loved Benny, and we called him Papa Sita. Papa Sita had this little problem, and he would be running late. Okay. So he'd get to the studio, he'd be all out of breath, and he'd say, hey, guys, you know, I made it, I made it. I said, well, Benny, what happened this time? Well, you see, there were elephants on the freeway, no. and I couldn't get, you know, couldn't get past them. And, you know, and there was a big circus and everything, and everybody would say, yeah, okay, right. Benny, okay. But you know what? Um, he told that big tale, but you know Lately, there have been elephants that have been found uh, in the cities. No, oh my gosh. No. You know, yeah, they've no. escaped from, you know, he was quite a bit ahead of time, wasn't he? There I go. guess so. There I guess go. so. But, um, it, it, you know, Motown to me was life. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it, uh, you know, in the, the songs and the people there. And I, I just feel badly that a lot of them did not live to see this day. Right. Because a lot have gone, you know, and they didn't get the recognition that they should have gotten. Yeah, I understand. There was there was a there was a group I, I saw a documentary and it was probably about two years ago about like the studio band yes. for Motown. Yes. And I don't know if these guys were part of the studio band funk for Brothers. Motown. The Funk yes. Brothers. Okay, that's it. That's it. And um these 
these guys would play with everybody. Yes. And they were, you know, they play with Smokey Robinson. They were playing with Diana Ross. They were playing with everybody. Right. And they were probably one of the most talented, tightest bands ever. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm so glad that that you um, that you uh, pointed out the the you know the drummer and the bass player because a lot of times um, the drummers they get overlooked I think yeah. even though even though they're so so uh, integral to the music and people just sort of take it for granted but I love watching the drummers always yeah. Oh, yeah. always but you know what I find I find it's kind of funny about drummers because. Uh, they don't. They don't dance well. <laughs> <laughs> How is that possible? You know, and I, I can't understand that. You know, I don't so dance. Interesting. I don't dance well, but I can't play the drums. <laughs> How many years did you sing with the the Andantes? Andantes. Yeah, I started out with a group called Raber Voices, okay. which was Barry Gordy's wife, and oh, um, wow. and uh, some guys that you know were ended up writing and being producers. Um, I was in the studio and uh, I would always come in and they told me I could sit around. Yeah. And if somebody, anybody came in, I could get on their sessions. Cool. I even found out. You were a go-getter. That, you were know, a young girl. Yeah, yeah still yep. a young girl. I you think. are, you <laughs> are, but you were a young girl in a really cool place and you were taking advantage of an opportunity. Right. Good for you. Guess what? 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 I sang with a guy that years later I found out who he was. And Meatloaf. Oh my God! What? Really? And I was I was uh, I only was there one time with him. Amazing. You know? And I was sitting in my living room, and he had a, there was a big segment that came on about Meatloaf. Yeah. And I jumped up. And said, That's, That's a gun. <laughs> Nobody was there, you know. Somebody had been in the room with me. They sworn I'd lost my mind, you know. Yep. But Where's it, my guy? That's amazing. my guy. I sang with Meatloaf. It, it, well, now well, everyone will know you sang with Meatloaf. We're going to yeah. tell everybody. Okay. Louvain, I want to talk about another song you sang on. Yes. Which was Love Child. Oh yeah! Mm. Tell us that story. <laughs> oh gosh, that's that's my big moment there. Um, we were in the studio and we had the, you know, the three-part harmony. Jackie was the the alto. Yeah. Marlene second soprano, and I'm first soprano. Yeah. And uh, we were singing. This is supposed to be the supreme song. Yeah. And uh, Diane was there, and us girls were there. Barry Gordy was in the control room along with the writers. Right. Whoa. And uh, we had the three-part harmony where nobody but us just says, ah. And I'm always the last one to catch on to stuff, you know. But this day, Jackie and Marlene both forgot to sing their part. Oh, my God. And I sang out, you know. And, you know, and I was looking all around. This is the first time they ever did that. So that was my big moment, and the awe is mine. Woo!
I am going to listen to it tonight. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> me too. Me too. Hey, I am too. I'm kind of... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a wonderful time. Yes, it's amazing. And I absolutely um, want to have you come back on and do a long... We like we, we need to do like a, four, a good long interview with you. Oh, that so, would be wonderful. That um, would be wonderful. Absolutely. Bring but your I, slippers. I got lots of top you, Good, good, <laughs> good. And and I am, um, again, I'm really honored and really grateful that I got to meet you today. I appreciate that well, so much. Well, the honor is really mine. It's no. been wonderful. You're so Thank amazing. You. We're so, so happy much. that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we're we're girls on film, and we have uh, Louvain Domps here today, Motown diva, and legend living in Georgia. And it's Demps. Demps, thank you, thank yeah, you. Until God changes that thing, no it's way, gotta man. be Demps. No way. <laughs> we're good, Louvain Demps. everybody this is sarah smith and i am with girls on film podcast we are here today at qts data center headquarters in atlanta georgia and we are at the technology association of georgia's digital media and entertainment summit and i am very very pleased to be able to introduce the people that are in charge of putting this event together and in charge of bringing this community together in Atlanta. And that is Audra Browning and David Lieberman. These two amazingly accomplished people are the co-chairs of the Technology Association of Georgia, TAG, as we like to call it, Digital Media and Entertainment Committee. Did I get that right, you guys? That's correct. Thank you. (laughs) Great, great. So today's focus was what? Because I I didn't get to go in and see anything. I was doing interviews all day. So I would really love to hear, um, the event has just ended. And I'd love to hear about what some of the... um, what were some of the big talking points that came out of the conversation today? Well, this this event really focused on urban music and, and the power of urban music in Atlanta and, and Georgia community, and uh, it you know the the number one downloaded um, you know genre is hip hop. Right. Yet, you know, do we hear about it? Are there a lot of events or anything about it? Are we are we, are we actually you know, promoting and praising and, and, and giving people the credit due for the things that they've accomplished. And today, okay. you know, uh, our award winner, our media uh, icon, you know, was Greg Street, and he has been in the in the radio and music business and, and hip-hop business for years, right. urban music. Right. And what he talked about was his giving, his charity, what he does for the community, teaching right. pe- kids to read. So, you know, everyone you know, was worried about urban music being violent. And right. yet this man gives away tons of money to children, yep. making them better educated and teaching them how to read. He talked about a hip-hop artist that, that he works with, that that the story was that he the guy came to him and said, what, do you, what can I do for my birthday? And he said, why don't you make it a month of giving? So every day for a month, he went out and gave a gift 
to a school. He gave a lady a car that had moved from L.A. and didn't have any way of getting around. Wow. I mean, substantial gifts. And, and, and on the last day, he went to a school and gave every child a coat and mittens and stuff for the winter. So, That's fantastic. So this is, you know, so sometimes I think the urban music scene gets maligned. because oh, it does. People, people are thinking that it's all shooting and guns. Right. But it's not. It's people giving back to the community. It's people doing great things. It's people trying to help each other, you know, break through in the music industry, right. which, is, which is so, so competitive. Yep. So that that's what this event was about. And I'm so happy that we had the opportunity to... You know, to really honor this this genre and and these people uh, today for for what they give to our community and and I, I have certainly learned a tremendous amount. I thought I I thought I knew what I was getting into, and I, I was actually moved to tears. Amazing, amazing, David. What do you have to add? Yeah, absolutely. And following up on what Audra said, the whole idea of giving back to the community and it loops around with this essential element within the Georgia entertainment communi- community and with what the Media Mover Award with Francesca Amaker uh, indicated as well, that there needs to be accountability uh, within the entertainment community to bring credit where credit is due. Right. And that whether it be from a charitable end or actually just recognizing the talent and that's what, what has been there. And that the reason we pulled this event together in the first place was we had Curtis uh, Daniel from Patchwork Studio uh, on our panel last year, and it became immediately evident that uh, Georgia sings the praises of, and rightfully so, the tax incentive uh, to the film industry and the amount of economic impact it has. And yet the hip-hop community has grown from the ground up here in Uh Atlanta. And they don't uh, get anything. And is a global... Yep. Uh, impact yep. and that no one stood up and said, you know, hey, the economic impact of rap and hip hop within Georgia is this, and yep. it's an economic driver, and um, you know, to bring those communities together and, and give the recognition where the recognition is due. Right. So we thought it was fantastic um, that QTS Data Center was able to have us come here yes. to host it because there's this apparent dichotomy of, well, what does rap and hip hop have to do with data centers and yet the, the fact of the matter is is rap yeah. and hip-hop music is created on laptop computers with sequencers there are no pianos there are no you know drums anymore that's the outdated technology for creating music right. and the rap and hip-hop and urban music makers have used this technology to bring music to a completely different level it's amazing and um i do I'm a little bit familiar with the struggle of the music industry in Georgia in getting um, recognition and getting tax credits. Um, Working with the people with the Grammy Awards here in in Atlanta, um, I know that they've been trying to do that and it hasn't happened. Yeah, well, they put a stake in the ground. There is a bill, uh, but the bill is is you know the the law is such that it is not very usable right um so you know i think that we we at least we started and so we're off in the right direction but now it's it's all the different music genres have to talk together communicate and work together to figure out you know how to adjust it and and and, and, and get the you know the the levels low enough for them to use, um, the entry points right. low enough to, for them to use. But I think that the main thing is that uh, I, I think getting the urban music in, group involved is so important because 
they're such a huge part of Amazing. it. Amazing, huge. That uh, although yep. we quantify everything, there are reports about the film industry. Right. There's a general report about the music industry from uh, 2000 and what seven, I think. Or yeah, I think it's 2007 or 11. Yeah, seven maybe. Uh, and you know, but there isn't one specifically on urban music right. and its impact on, on Georgia. And that that probably needs to be done. I think maybe even TAG might want to step up to do that. Absolutely. And you know, um, uh, Georgia State, their Department of Economics, they very oftentimes will come in and will do things like this and will uh, partner and they'll have their students work on this for credit and they'll put PhD students on it. Um, I've done similar things like that with other universities. So that I mean, would be that's maybe a that's, great suggestion. Maybe that's an offline conversation, but well, I, I, think about it. I mean, yeah, you know this because we could, you know, if we work together, we could get them access to actual people in right. the industry that they could get information exactly, from. Yeah. exactly. And Georgia State has a fantastic, fantastic economics department. So let me just shift gears a little bit because I want to, I want to ask how you guys found yourselves as the co-chairs of the Digital Media and Entertainment Committee for TAG. I'm going to let Audra take that because Audra's, uh, it was your brainchild actually years ago stemming from Digitainment, if I understand. Right, and so, uh, you know, they TAG wanted to word. get into it. <laughs> tag, TAG wanted to get into the entertainment industry. They wanted to have a society. Tino Mantella is a good yeah. friend of mine, and so I... You know, I was actually president of ATP, and he was familiar. I knew him from that, and so he asked me to, 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 to you know, step in. And you know, as 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 we morphed over the years, and I was fortunate enough to meet David, um, because it's a volunteer job. You know, it's not something that you do. And my entree into the entertainment industry is not being an entertainer or a musician. I actually come out of the technology world, but I was. Uh, actually doing a lot of work with entertainment companies, with Turner, with, with MGM, with, with HBO, with all, Fantastic. you know, the Comcast, Comcast right. uh, you know, Cox, so because of, so I, so I did all the background work, you know, for every one person that's on stage, there are 500 people Hello. behind, yep. uh, and so, uh, so that, my interest kind of stemmed out of that, and then David also has a technology background. And he is just a very remarkable individual and reliable and wonderful to work with. So that's great. It was, you know, that's great. Yeah, I think we work well together as a team. Yeah, we I do. I mean, giving Audra kudos and, and credit where credit is due, I think that I view her, she's been extremely inspirational to me, and that uh, she, while she won't say so herself, I think, uh, was there at the ground level of some very important technologies that impacted the entertainment industry. Uh, you were previous president, I think, of a ATP. Yes. So uh, Audra was working with Intellifonics very early on, and then okay. also worked with Hitachi and Hewlett-Packard in yes. data storage and data media long before solid-state drives and right. uh, you know, 4K were even a, a concept. And you were seeing things that were coming down the pike. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, you have to when you're doing the kind of work you were doing. Well, and, and I lived in data centers, basically, because I <laughs> didn't live on stage. <laughs> I have always um, loved technology. My dad was a disc jockey when I was growing up. And um, uh, I'll never forget um, when I was 10, he came home and he said, okay, here's your birthday present. And he gave me a bunch of cardboard boxes. And inside was a stereo. And 
you know, it wasn't like an all-in-one stereo. It was a lot of different pieces. And he said, you're going to learn how to, you know, you want to listen to your records and your music. You're going to figure out how to put this baby together. And he left. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'm 10, you know, a turntable, a tape deck, receiver, got the, I had to splice the wires. I mean, everything. Um, and for him, that was nothing because he was Mr. Control Board. Right. So, um, but really appreciate uh, what technology can do to enhance your life. Um, I would love to just jump back a little bit and talk about TAG as an organization because you guys are representing that organization. I know it's one of the largest uh, technology organizations in the Southeast, probably the largest. In the world, actually. In the world, it is okay. the largest technology I'm advocacy organization yep. in the world with over, and correct me if my numbers are wrong, uh, with over 34,000 members. Oh, I believe amazing. we've got about 2,000 corporate members. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Now, traditionally, we had about 30 societies. We have a great new president of TAG, Larry Williams. Um, and um, these. I think that we've been paring down the number of societies to some more key and essential ones. Okay. So from TAG Social to Young Entrepreneurs mm -hmm. to what are some of the others that we... Um, diversity is important. The, you know, uh, there's the finance, there's, there's security, there, I mean, data center... Um, and people can go and, and just jump online and look up Technology Association of Georgia, and they'll hit it. They'll be right. able to they, see they, it. Yeah, they, they can look up all the different events that are going on. And, it's and amazing how many events you guys put on. Amazing. You know, the, 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 thing is, um, the thing is that the, when you go to these events, what people don't realize is the events always have, like, you know, uh, uh, speakers or, or, you know, panel, those people are there available for you to talk to right. after, the, during the event and after the event. So if you want to, you know, to, you know, work, you know, try to build your, your network and, and build acquaintances and, you know, for business and all that kind of thing, it's a great way to do it. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And no I saw other, lots of people here trying to do that today and, and talking to people. Yeah. So. And nobody and no other city, and I've, I've traveled extensively across the United States working, you know, the different jobs that I've, the technology jobs right, I've been. Right, right. There's no other city in Atlanta, in, outside of Atlanta in the country that has anything like this. Yeah, no, this is very accessible and um, really rich with content. Um, well, I just wanted to say thank you to both of you. And is there something that you want uh, our listeners to know about the digital and digital media and entertainment future here in Atlanta? I think Atlanta is a um, is a booming center for the convergence of everything. I had okay. the privilege of uh, being the digital media piece for DeKalb County uh, five-year economic plan in wow. film, music, wow. and digital entertainment. Okay. And I think mirroring the Atlanta and Georgia offices, there's the understanding that it's not just film, it's not yep. just music, yep. it is all of the above. Right. And to grow an infrastructure here that's all interdependent and growing together. Um, so I think Atlanta is a ter terrific place, and we've got where there were only a few get video game companies, uh, you know, maybe eight years ago. Now there's over 200. It's amazing. Know? It's, it's, a, it's amazing. absolutely amazing. So it's a thriving city for all of the vertical structures. Yeah. 
and come out to some of our events. We have absolutely. a great time. Absolutely. So, so just look, guys, please go and look up the Technology Association of Georgia. Their website is very intuitive and easy to easy to use. And, you know, I registered for this event two days ago. Boom, boom, boom. And I actually got a phone call and an email right away. So these people at TAG are really responsive and fantastic. And um, with that, I'd just like to say thank you to TAG and thank you to uh, QTS. And uh, we appreciated our time here today recording our podcast girls on film. And, uh, and we're out. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.